This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate your tuning in to watch today. Very likely we have some watching today for the very first time, and we want to thank you for watching. Stay tuned today as we discuss this subject, Paul's last words. What were some of his last words? Stay tuned as we discuss it. Now today we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course, and I would like to emphasize the course is free. And I know that we're accustomed to paying for things, but this is not going to cost you anything other than a little bit of your time a little bit of effort on your part, study the course, complete the questions that you find in the course, send them back to us for grading. We'll send you a certificate of completion once you've completed the Bible course. Once you have done that, we have other courses that you can receive, but that you might know more about the course, how to receive it. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational, it's based on the Bible, it's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read now from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, and I want to read beginning with verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, in dear afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. These words were penned by the Apostle Paul to Timothy, his son in the faith. And these are among some of the last things that Paul wrote. You know, last words are extremely important. I've had people come to me and say, you know, the last thing that, that mama said to me was thus and so. And I've known of people who had a loved one to die and they would go to those that were attendants at, uh, for this individual, maybe medical uh, emergency people, and, and say, did he say anything? Did she say anything? What, what did they say? You see, we're concerned about last words. Jesus had some last words while he was on the cross. There were seven sayings of Jesus from the cross. And, and those are very important sayings. One of them being, it is finished. 
And there is a tremendous lesson to be learned just from those few words of Jesus, last words upon the cross. But I want us to focus on what Paul has to say to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. In those few verses, Paul takes a look at his life. The first thing that Paul looks at is at the present. And he says, I am ready to be offered. And that suggests pouring out a drink offering on an altar. And so Paul is saying, my life is ready to be poured out. I'm ready to be offered. You know, the Lord sent Isaiah to King Hezekiah. And he told King Hezekiah to set his house in order. He said, because you're going to die, you're not going to live. And I just wonder, is your house set in order? Have you thought about that lately? Is your house set in order? Can you say with the Apostle Paul, I'm ready. I'm ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. You say, well, Brother Lambert, I've really not thought about that lately. We need to begin to think about what we are today because what we are today will determine where we will be tomorrow. Paul said, I'm ready to be offered. Fact is, one day all of us are going to be offered. That is, we're going to die. Hebrews 9.27 tells us that it's appointed unto a man once to die. And so we will die. And of course, unless the Lord should come while we are still living, all of us that are presently alive are going to die. And we need to be able to say, I am ready to be offered. Now, while Paul looked at the present, the second thing he looked at was the past. He looked at his life as a soldier. He was a soldier of the cross. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3, he told Timothy, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, he wrote, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. And so Paul was, had been involved in a fight. It was a good fight. It was a fight of faith. And in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, beginning in verse number 10, he said, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power is might. But put on the whole armor of God, that, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then later on in the verses following, he describes the armor of the Christian. And so Paul had been a soldier. And he had been a loyal soldier. At no time was Paul absent without leave. And at no time did Paul conform to enemy territory. 
And today as a soldier of the cross, we are to be on our, at our post of duty. Today as a soldier of the cross, we should not conform to the enemy territory. That's why in Romans the 12th chapter, Paul said, Be not conformed to this world, but be, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So as Paul looked at the past, he looked at his life as a soldier. But as he looked at the past, he looked at his life as a, an, an athlete. He said, I have finished the course. He looked at his life as a runner in a race. And indeed, we are involved in a race. In Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Seeing that we're compassed about, with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So you see, we're involved in a race, and sometimes people drop out of the race. So sometimes people allow uh, things to encumber them, to become hindrances to them in the running of the race. And that's the reason Paul said that we have to lay aside the weight, the sin, that, it, that would, would hinder us from running successfully in the race. So we are involved in the running of a race, the Christian life. And we run to the end. In this race, there can be many winners. And the one that wins is the one that finishes the race. Sometimes people fail to finish. In Galatians, the fifth chapter in verse 7, Paul there made this comment. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? So maybe at one time you were running well. You, you were being successful in the race that you run for Christ. But you've allowed someone or something to hinder you. Now, the third thing Paul looked at as he looked at the past, he looked at his life as a steward. He said, I have kept the faith. Now, Paul was a steward of the faith or the gospel, and he was entrusted with it. In the Thessalonian letter, he said, Allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. And every man who is faithfully preaching the gospel has been allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. And if I have been entrusted with the gospel, that means that I need to be a faithful steward of the gospel and that I must preach the gospel, and I must preach it without, without addition and without subtraction. In 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, verse 16, Paul talked about his attitude toward the preaching of the gospel. He said, Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Paul felt a, a, a tremendous 
a sense of urgency in the preaching of the gospel. He felt a great burden to preach the gospel. Paul had to preach. He said, woe is unto me if I don't preach the gospel. Now Paul was always ready at all times to stand for the gospel. As a matter of fact, in Philippians 1.17, he said, I'm set for the defense of the gospel. That, that did not mean that Paul was set to, to, to argue with people about the Bible. No, no. Paul was set, fixed, firm in his proclamation of the true gospel, the pure gospel. You know, according to Paul in Galatians 1, verses 6 through 12, there, there's a possibility that the gospel can be perverted. That means that it can be changed. But the gospel that Paul preached is a gospel that saves. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 1, he said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which also you have received, wherein you stand and by which you're saved, if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, that He was buried, and that He arose again the third day according to the Scripture. So Paul preached the gospel. And he preached facts about the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he wrote that letter to the church in Corinth, where he said, I declare unto you the gospel. What happened when Paul declared the gospel to the Corinthians? Well, in order that we might learn what happened, we have to turn back to the book of Acts and we go back to the 18th chapter where Paul comes preaching the gospel in Corinth. In Acts chapter 18 and verse 8, we have the results of his preaching the gospel. Many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. So that many of the Corinthians heard the gospel, believed the gospel, and they were baptized. Jesus said, He that believeth, believeth what? Believes the gospel. You see in Mark 16 and 15, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then in verse 16, He said, He that believeth, that is, believes the gospel that's preached. That's what the people of Corinth did. They believed. Many of the Corinthians, hearing the gospel, believed, and then they were baptized. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So Paul preached the gospel, and he looked at his life as a steward. So Paul now has looked at his life at the present. I'm ready to be offered. He's looked at his life as, at the past as a soldier, as an athlete, as a steward of the faith. I have kept the faith. Then the third thing that Paul looked at was the future. In verse 8 he said, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, with which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but, but unto all of them 
that love His appearing. I, I want us to think about that verse for just a minute. Paul said, henceforth there is laid up for me. Laid up for Paul. Reserved for Paul. There's laid up for me. Well, what's laid up for you, Paul? There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Now, let me ask you, why was it laid up for Paul? The reason it was laid up for Paul is because he had been loyal as a soldier of the cross. He had been patient and enduring as a runner in the Christian race. And he had been faithful as a steward of the gospel. And so he said, henceforth, there is laid up for me. That means it's laid up for Paul. Well, what was laid up for you, Paul? A crown of righteousness. And there's a crown that's laid up for all who are faithful as soldiers, as participants in the Christian race, and are faithful as stewards of the gospel. He said, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Did not the Lord say in Revelation 2.10, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee crown of life. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4, Peter wrote to elders, When the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So Paul said, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the Lord, the, shall give to me. In other words, the Lord is going to give you that crown. And he said, the, which is laid up for me against that day. In other words, there is a day when he would receive that crown. He will give it to me in that day. Well, what day is he talking about? The day of judgment was so much a part of the thinking of people in the first century that frequently they would refer to the day of judgment merely as that day. For example, back in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and, and in verse 12, listen to Paul. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That day. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works, but I shall profess unto them, I never knew you. When Paul is writing here in 2 Timothy 4 and said, The Lord will give me a crown of righteousness at that day, he's talking about the day of judgment. And of course that day is coming, is it not? And so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God, Romans 14, 12. It's appointed unto a man once to die, and after this comes the judgment. And every soul that's watching this telecast right now 
one day will be in the judgment. Question is, will you receive a crown in that day? Will you get that crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, gives on that day? Paul said, there's laid up for me a, a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. But Paul is not the only one that will receive that crown. He, he said, not to me only. It's not just for Paul. You know, sometimes we think, well, the, the, the preachers or pe people like the Apostle Paul, like the Apostle Peter and others, are, are going to receive some special favors on that day. But God is an impartial God. And he is not a respecter of persons. This is a crown that will be given to all people that love his appearing. He said it will be given not just to me only, but unto all of them that love his appearing. What a blessed thought that is. In Paul's day, in the athletic contest, the, the crown was made out of flowers. Uh, or, or, and, and it was made into a crown that would sit on the athlete's head. And the reward was not the crown in itself. The reward was in the one who would put the crown on the athlete's head. And it would be the emperor who would do that. And that was the excitement. That was the thrill. That, that was the... That was the real reward to have the emperor put that crown on your head. But that fails to even begin to compare with what the Christian will receive on that day. Because the Lord, the righteous judge, will give the crown to all of them that love His appearing, that, that are looking forward to His coming and are prepared for it. So we've seen Paul has taken a look at his life. He, he's looked, first of all, around him. He's looked at the present. Paul was in prison knowing that his death was imminent. And he said, I'm ready to be offered. That then Paul has looked at his past. He's looked at his past as a, as a soldier, as, a, as an athlete. He's looked at his past as a steward of the gospel. And then he looked at the future. I, I wonder if you ever taken that type of a look at your life. Can you say right now, I'm ready? Can you say right now that I'm, I'm ready to be offered? Do you have your books balanced? Are you ready to go? And then have you ever stopped and taken a look at your past? Have you been a soldier of the cross? Have you been running that race? And have you been a steward of the gospel? But equally as important, have you ever thought about the future? You know, it's an unfortunate thing that many people think about only the here and now. 
give little thought about the future. But at the end of every road we take in life, there is an end to that road. I, I sometimes illustrate the principle of sowing and we reaping with a pencil. And I say if you pick up a pencil, you pick up both ends of that pencil. And when you choose a road in life, you choose what is at the end of that road. And I just wonder if you ever thought about what road you're on. Have you thought lately about your future? You said, well, yes, I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do when I get out of college. Or I, I've been thinking about what I'm going to do when I retire. And, when, and, and I'm planning to travel. No, no, I, that, that's not the future I'm talking about. I'm talking about your future in eternity. When's the last time you ever thought about where you'll be 10,000 years from now? Why, there's a beautiful old song that I'm sure you're familiar with called Amazing Grace. And there's a stanza in that song that goes like this. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright, shining as the sun, We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. How long has it been since you thought about your future? Your future beyond this life. I know we get so caught up in the, the things of, of life. We get so caught up in the politics of today. We get caught up in, the, in all of the things that are being said about the economic condition of the world today. We get caught up in things that are being said about uh, problems in the home and, and, and all of these kinds of things. And we sometimes just fail to sit down and think about, now what's this thing called life all about? And Solomon put it like this. Fear God and keep His commandments. For well, this is the whole duty of man. I'd urge you to become a Christian just like the people of Corinth did. They heard the gospel, believed the gospel, they were baptized. That's just simple, isn't it? That's not difficult to understand. And if we can assist you in that, let us know. And may I give you an invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.